summarize sleep? Hard work. Non-existent. Non-existent. What's sleep? What's that? The way that I would summarize sleep is in one word. Deprived. I slept once. That was awesome. A luxury. (laughs) Usually with a foot in my face. I would summarize sleep as something that will happen once they're 18. The iPad has been a blessing and a curse. Gives me a break so I can maybe take a shower, get lunch made. Dear iPad, I love you. It's the best babysitter. I'm sorry. My honest reaction leaving the hospital with my first child was, what have I gotten myself into? Could one of the nurses go with us? Uh, Oh, crap. What do I do now? I was terrified. (laughs) What is one thing that I wish I would have known as a brand new mom? That my kid was not going to be exactly like me. That my kids won't break. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how much is going to be required of me that... Give, 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 give. All day. To just let things go sometimes. That you gotta, can't control everything. I wish I would have known not to take things so seriously. <laughs> just, just let them go a little bit more. That it takes forever to get out of the house. Forever. How would I... Good morning. Welcome to Southridge. It is Mother's Day. So if your mother is near you or if your special wife there is near you, give them a welcome. Say you love them. Give them a high five, a hug, whatever you do. Kiss on the cheek. But tell your mother that they're amazing or the mother of your children that they're amazing. we got a special day planned. I have a special guest with me. And we're going to be in Genesis 18. But before that, why don't you introduce who you are? Because I think sometimes people see me and they don't know that, I don't know, they're just not expecting you to be my wife. They're like, how did he end up with her? Like, wow. Well, first of all. I heard a lot of yeah. Like, like, that's kind of messed up. Like, I used to like you people. I don't know anymore. Wow. Well, first of all, happy Mother's Day to all the moms here. And um, I know a lot of you are excited for today. You know, you're looking for what your kids are going to do for you. I think mine is the opposite because he does this to me every year. He's like, oh, you need to speak. And I'm like, I'm such an introvert. And for him, one of his gifts is like to speak. For me, I have to work like 10 times harder than this. So I've been like reading and like, I'm nervous. I'm like, for a lot of you women here, oh, I can't wait for Mother's Day. You're going to get pampered. For me, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so nervous. This is like torture for me sometimes just to get ready because I am i don't like talking in front of people. But I'm, I'm so glad that you ladies are here and all the men here also. I am Jane. I'm one of the pastors here at our church. Um, God called us to start a church a couple of years ago and we have three children, seven, five, and a 15-month-old baby. I know some some women do that, 17 months old. I'm like, just say they're a year old. You kind of forget after the thir- the 12-month mark. I'm going to be the guy that's like, my son is 60 months old, and just let people like, you know, <laughs> just let think, that like, mess with their that? head or something. I'm going to keep it going. Yeah. But we do have uh, three children, seven, Megan, and then Austin is five, mm-hmm. and then Kane is our kind of a surprise for us, to be honest. But it's been really, really a uh, blessing for me an honor to be a mom to these children and hope a message today would be a blessing to you. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into Genesis chapter number 18 because we're going to look at this character by the name of Sarah. Now, Sarah battled infertility and the life of Sarah is a unique one because for Sarah, she 
was married to Abraham. And many of you, if you grew up in the church, you're maybe familiar with the character of Abraham. God came to Abram and said, hey, it's time to leave. We're going to leave our home. We're going to leave our friends. We're going to leave our family. And we're going to go to a land. And when Abram asked, where is that land? God just says, you'll know it when you get there. Just keep walking. So imagine you're married to that guy who just says, hey, I'm going to launch out on a, on a venture startup. Oh, yeah, what are you going to start? I don't know yet. Where is it going to be? I don't know. I mean, just imagine Sarah. This is an amazing woman. But it, she battled a couple things. And one of them was infertility because God had promised Abram, Abraham, that he was going to be the father of many nations. Matter of fact, Jesus, to illustrate it, said, look down at the sand beneath your feet, like the sand, that's going to be the number of your children. Now look up at the sky. If you can count the stars, that's going to be the number of your children. It's almost God's using this illustration that when you look down, I want you to remember my promise. When you look up, I want you to remember my promise. My promises are innumerable, but yet in this passage, Sarah is 90 years old. Yesterday, I was with my Oma. I'm German, and so grandmother's Oma, and she's 89, and she asked me, am I coming to her 90th birthday? I said, absolutely, we're going to be there for your 90th birthday. But Jane brought up in the first service, I just can't imagine my Oma, 89, 90, having a baby. I just can't, can't fathom that. But that's Sarah at this time. So let me read the passage, and we'll pick it up right there, because God had sent two angels, and one of them is a Christophany. That means one of these angels is Christ in angelic form, okay? And he's here, and he's speaking to Abraham. And the Bible says, So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, Hurry, get the get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant, who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where Sarah where is Sarah your wife? the visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Man, this is great news, right? We should be excited. Oh, there's going to be a baby. But notice, the Bible says, then one of them said, I will return. And then Sarah, listening to this conversation from the tent, Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. She's 90. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Wow, just he just kicked her husband right under the bus. Like, that's just great right there. She said, hey, it's not necessarily me. It's this guy next to me that's holding me back. All right. Now, verse 13, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. I'm just curious, hon, tell us, why is Sarah acting this way? Well, first of all, let's give uh, give us a background here. Um, For me personally, when I was growing up, I never really dreamed of being a stay-at-home mom having children, just because my mom just always worked. And so I, I would meet friends, like, oh, I can't wait to be a mom. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's, that's really nice that you think of that. But I just never pictured myself being at home. In fact, before we even had children, we were still dating. We talked about this, and I'm like, no, I'm going to work. You know, the kids can go do whatever. But it wasn't one of my priorities to really have kids. But God obviously had other plans. He gave us three children, 
And when we, when we found out that we were expecting, I, like, I'm such a type A. I went to the, I went to the bookstore and buy, I bought all these books. And then my mom was giving me books. I've read them. And then Megan came and none of them helped. Like, none of them helped. Not one of those authors came and changed the diaper. Not one of them, like, rocked a baby to sleep. And I'm like, just throw those books away. I don't even remember what I've read. Because before, you're preparing, preparing, and then when the time happens, you're like, oh, my goodness, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, we women or we mom, we can go through that season. We're, we love the baby giggles. We love the snuggling next to bed. But when that attitude comes, we're like, oh, no, this is hard. <laughs> when they start talking back to you, when they start, you know, rolling their eyes, you're just like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is hard. And how can something be so good and so hard? Mm. And that's really what it is. And it's not only about motherhood. Relationships with your spouse. How can something be so good? Oh, you know, we, we love each other, but it's hard. Or even, you know, finances, anything, any area in our lives. How can it be so good and so hard? And that's what happened to Sarah. Sarah was like, you know, this is a good promise. I mean, I'm, I'm old and I'm going to have a kid. Like, this is good, but it's hard. I mean, she laughed in, in disbelief because, no, this is not going to happen. And a lot of times we go through that. That God promises something and we're kind of stepping back. Are you really going to do it? Like, are you really going to come through? Are you really going to provide? You said to honor you in giving. Are you really going to make this happen? Or you promise you're going to give me strength. Well, I'm really overwhelmed right now. Is this going to happen? And we look at that, or I look at that personally, and I think there's a mess going on here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of mess that we go through. But I want to encourage you that mess matters. Mm -hmm. Every mess in your life matters. Mm -hmm. And in verse 13 to 14, it says here, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Mm -hmm. Why did she say... Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And she's facing this mess. Like, this is not going to happen. Yeah. And I see here, and I think it's interesting, she focused on an old woman. Like, it's almost as if she's pointing out an inadequacy. And I wonder if that kind of resonates today with the inadequacy, where we don't feel like, oh, I don't know how I could be a mom to this kid. I didn't maybe see a good mom, or maybe my mom was a good mom, but just very busy, and so we didn't have a lot of time. So what is she feeling here? It seems like there's a lot of inadequacy, because she's focusing on her age, and as that's the impossible thing. Well, God is not only speaking that Sarah would bear a child, but that she would trust him first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we see our task as, oh, well, that's the task that I have to do. Where God says, no, there's something more deeper than that. Um, everything that we do, it's just hard. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. It's just hard. Marriage is hard. Raising children is hard. Working is hard. But it's hard because it matters. Hmm. Yes. It's hard because it matters. And I saw that statement. I'm like, that is so true. It's just going to be hard. Raising a child who's going to love the Lord and serve him with, you know, with just full heart. That's hard because it matters. Having a marriage that works, that's going to be hard because it matters. And every area in your life, you're going you're gonna to face something and this really sucks. Like, I don't want to do this because it matters. And I don't want us to focus on the mess, but really focus because that mess matters. Um, what Sarah did, it was hard. She left 
her family, sometimes you look at the Bible like, oh, yeah, they left, they went on a journey. And I'm taking this modern, modern time where you would tell me, we're leaving. And I'm like, where are we going? No, you have to pack everything. You're leaving your family. You're leaving everything. We're going to go. And I'd look at you, where are you taking us? This is exactly what happened to Sarah. Her husband told her, we're going to go. We're packing everything. And she's like, where are we going? So she had to do something hard. And then God had promised them that they're going to have a child. And it hasn't happened yet. And then second time, the angels appeared again. And for her, she's like, are you just playing with my emotions right now? Because you said we were going to get pregnant and it's still not happening. So there's a lot of sacrificial work, even in her side. But you know what? That type of work matters. Mm. The type the type of mass that you're going through right now, all the work that you're going through, because it matters. And every situation that you're facing, God is doing a good work. And raising the next generation is hard because it matters. And everything that you go through in your life, you, we just have to accept the fact that it's hard because mess matters. That's so good. And I see in this passage as well, she started off and she says, hey, I'm an old woman. And that's her inadequacy. But then she personalized me. It wasn't just a statement. The, she then personalized it. She made it, she, she, she defined herself by this. So she didn't just have an inadequacy. It seems like she's wrestling with insecurity. Now here's what's interesting. Today we have Facebook. We, we can go to the grocery store and see all these magazines of these fitness models. You can see, um, you can watch the Fixer Upper show. I love and hate that show because their homes look amazing and it costs like $5 to do it. And they're like, oh, we spent $100,000 on this house. And it's only 3,500 square feet. I'm like, only? Oh, my goodness. Come to the Bay Area. I can't get two refrigerator card boxes for $100,000 and duct tape those together. So she didn't have that. But yet she feels the insecurity too. So what's happening here in Sarah's life with this insecurity? Well, when she laughed, sometimes we can, give, we can just judge her. Oh, why did you laugh? Mm-hmm. But then what happened was the angels were talking to Abraham, and she was, you know, prepping their food. And we usually do this. You know, we have, we have guests over. I'm prepping the food. And she was kind of eavesdropping. She heard them talk. And in her mind, she was like, are you serious? Are you joking right now? Like, I'm going to get pregnant. I'm already, like, turning 90. And she laughed to herself because there's unbelief in her heart. And sometimes the mess that God brings in our lives, that's exactly where we need to be. The mass is where God wants to meet us. Wow. And not to stay there, but to grow there. Wow. Yes. Sometimes you look at a mess in your life, and it could be any situation in your life right now that you're like, this is hard. I really just want to get out of this. But that's exactly where God wants you to be. Mm. Not to stay, not to linger, but to grow. And I've just learned that. I mean, Sarah, she had to put a lot of faith in her life, but she was forever changed by God when she went through this process. In fact, in Hebrews, in the New Testament, she was also mentioned. And something hard, something messy, and instead of asking God, oh, what do I need to do? We should ask God, who are you inviting me to become? Um, I remember when we had Austin, our second one, the first one was easy. Oh, you know, she went to bed right away. And I was excited. Oh, I'm going to do the same exact thing. You know, the methods, everything. Except the first four months of his life, he had this health issue. It's called GERD, where he just had projectile vomiting. I mean, literally, like. Don't wear nice, clean clothes around him. People gave us those. Five feet away. People gave us those bibs, and they would be, like, soaking, like, right after he eats. 
they would be sulking. And I'm like, what is wrong with this kid? <laughs> we brought him to the doctor, and the doctor was like, his esophagus is not, it's just not fully developed, and it's just going to take time. I'm like, well, is there anything I can do? He's like, well, you know, you have to make sure he's sitting up for the next 30 minutes or an hour after he eats. You have to change your diet. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this kid is, like, giving me all this work. And I remember looking back because – I remember put everybody's going to bed, and I'm like, oh, I, I would just literally like cringe before going to bed because I know I'm not going to sleep that night because I know if he cries and if I feed him, he's just going to throw up, and there's going to be a throw up everywhere, and we were using like terry towels. <laughs> That's how bad it was. And looking back, I'm like, how did I survive those months? It was so long because I have to get up early the next day and work, and I'm like, how did I function <laughs> all those times? But the mess that you're in right now, you're going to experience God's grace like you've never experienced it before. You're going to grow. You're going to feel his love like you would never have felt before. Mm -hmm. Because that mess is where God wants to meet you. That's exactly where you need to be. That child that's just giving you an attitude, that's exactly where you need to be. That workplace that just, oh man, you just even like dragged yourself to go there. That's exactly where God wants you to be. Not to stay there but to grow there. Mm, That's so good. And we've got a special video we're going to show you right now just really around this idea of insecurity. And it's real short, but I think it's powerful from the same ladies that introduced this talk. Let's look at this. Um, The reality of parenting versus my expectations would be that it was a lot harder. Well, everything is different. (laughs) Everything is different. It goes fast. It goes faster than I thought that it would. My expectations were that it was going to be like on TV and that these parenting books were exactly what I needed. They were the instructions that were for these kids. I think the biggest insecurity for me is them remembering all the bad and none of the good. That I'm not doing enough for her. That I'm going to totally screw up this kid. (laughs) That they'll pick up all the bad parts of myself and not the good. (laughs) Are they going to need therapy? Um... That's just, am I doing it right? Am I raising them right is like my biggest insecurity. The video is kind of humorous, but it's also emotional because it's really how we feel about our children. So we've seen, first of all, that the mess is really where God wants to meet us. But then we talked about how she had this insecurity. We talked about how she felt with inadequacy. But then I'm really curious about this last part. It kind of seems like this has turned into an identity issue for her. And so when it comes to this last part of her laughing, it seems like, and then Jesus calls her out on it, and she says she didn't laugh. What's going on there? What's the tension? What's happening? So not only mass matters, not only that that's exactly where God wants to meet us, there's actually a meaning to the mess. Mm. In verse 15, it says, Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. Mm. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. And a lot of times we could hide behind our shame. You know, we, we, we deny it. Yes. We, don't want, we don't want people to know what's really going on. Yes. Um, shame makes us want to hide and cover yes. things. And that's yeah. exactly what's happening here. We had two dogs growing up. One was named Carl, one was named Cookie. Now, Carl was a stray that was attracted to Cookie. He just ended up at our doorstep growing up. We lived on 10 acres. Now, Carl was a good dog. There was this book called Good Dog Carl. I don't know if anybody ever heard of those books, children's books, a few of you. Two of you. Yes, there we go. It's my favorite. There's lots of pictures, few words. So they're great books. And uh, so we named our our dog, and uh, he was the same type of dog. So we named him Carl. 
But Cookie would always get Carl in trouble, and Cookie would always do bad things as well. We would come up our driveway. Cookie would see us. She would bolt. She would take off. Carl would just sit there. And Cookie, because she had done something wrong, she had either chewed up one of our shoes. She would either destroyed a couch cushion. She did something wrong. So immediately, as soon as she saw us, she ran and hid. Your children do the same thing. As soon as mom and dad come home, boom, they're gone. They're gone. Some of you even have friends who say, I wonder what happened. How come they don't text or call me anymore? Like, because something happened. Shame makes us want to hide. And so here's Sarah. She's now hiding. But we shouldn't have to hide from the one who wants to give us freedom. Because that hiding, instead of us speaking out and saying, yes, I did. No, she's silent. And so we're missing out on opportunity. So continue this thought. This is so powerful. Sarah denied it. Because she hadn't discovered who she is. Mm, yes. And a lot of times, we women feel the same way. We hide. Obviously, we have social media, which is like insanely gone crazy. We, you know, we put up all these nice pictures. But behind that, it's like, nope, that's not really what's happening. In fact, we, we were with just friends uh, recently, and they did this nice trip. And I said, oh, my goodness, those, you know, you guys went to the Bahamas. Those are nice pictures. They told us, no, it was horrible. <laughs> like, I was like, what? Well, the pictures were like, you know, you guys were having a great time. You were on a cruise with your family. Nope, we just tried to pretend that it was nice. <laughs> and a lot of times we could fall into that trap. Like you're really having a really bad day, but then you snap a good picture. Oh, you know, Monday vibes. You're like, no, it's really, no, I don't want to go to work today. Or like, oh, I love my kids. But really, like they just made me mad. Like literally after I took this picture. And a lot of times we can hide because there's so much shame in our lives. Or we, we don't want to tell anybody what's going on. And that's exactly what ha- what's happening to Sarah here. She was denying because she hadn't discovered who she really is. Um, months ago, actually years ago, we were getting ready to go to this international trip. And I was so afraid to tell him that I lost my engagement ring. Because I knew he spent a lot of money <laughs> to buy yes. it. And we went through so much stuff before we even got married. My dad said no to him like three times. So he really worked hard for us to even get engaged. And I looked and looked and looked. I cannot find my engagement ring. And I was like, I don't want to tell him because, you know, it's been gone. I looked through all the drawers. I like go, went through all of Megan's stuff at that time. And I was afraid that it might have fallen in the sink. And we were like, well, maybe let's call the plumber. Maybe it's still there. I just couldn't find it. And finally, the day before we left for the trip, he was like, did you find it? I'm like, "Mm, sorry, but I promise I'm going to save up money. I'm going to rebuy this. And, well, it's not going to be the same. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't find it. And we went through that trip. Six months later, I was still working at that time, and I needed to buy some stamps. And I'm like, oh, I think I have a couple quarters here. So I reached into this coin pocket, and I found my ring. And... I was like, man, it was here the whole time. Like, I even took this purse when we traveled. It was literally here. And sometimes we can do that. We're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for satisfaction outside when God said, you are enough. Mm. We're using our kids. So, you know what? I didn't have this when I was growing up. So, I'm going to make sure my kids look this way. When God says, no, you're, you're enough. You're enough the way I made you. You're loved. You don't have to look this way. You don't have to try to do these things. You are worth dying for. That's why I sent my son to die on a cross for it. And sometimes we can look through these things that social media, our friends are putting all this pressure to us. And we want to look good. We want our house to look nice. And I usually um, 
I love going to Target, and they, now they have this Magnolia brand or the Joanna Gaines. <laughs> and I have friends who love that style, like the farmhouse look. And then I looked, and I'm like, you know what? Nobody lives in these houses. These are, like, staged. And sometimes I forget about that because I look at my house like, man, there's just another, you know, crayon on the wall, <laughs> another market. Oh, Austin just stained the carpet again. And sometimes we can put this pressure on what the things that we see. Oh, that food looks so good. But that's only for stage. That's not, there's no people actually eating it. And we can fall into that trap where, oh, you know, I want to make sure my house looks like that. Or maybe our friend posts something on social media or on Instagram. And I do this a lot. I'm, I'm guilty of this. You know, they post like, oh, I just cleaned my house. Just have a picture of the living room. And I kitchen, I do this. I look at her living room. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, our living room looks terrible. Or somebody would take a picture of the food. Oh, I made dinner. And I look at her food. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Frozen food again. Chicken nuggets. I've had a long day. And we do that. We, especially women, we look at something and then we turn around and, oh, man, my house doesn't look nice. Or, oh, you went out with your husband. Oh, we we haven't really done anything recently. And there's a lot of pressure for us women that we see every day. And I'm here to remind you that God has a calling higher than anything in this world. God has called you. You are loved. You are worth dying for. And let's not get into this trap that my work has become my worth. Mm. That sometimes we get into this, we look at our children, oh man, they're so disobedient. They're not loving the Lord. That's who I am. That's not who you are. Or maybe somebody did something to you or you don't have this and you look at your work. Maybe I should buy more stuff to make me feel good. But that's not who you are. Your work is not your worth. And I put down here Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. Like God is working in you, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That you were chosen, 1 Peter 2, 9. That God loves you. It says in John 3, 16, for we are so loved that we are so worth dying for. And just these things that we have to constantly tell our minds. Because we can get trapped with, oh, this is how I should look. Or this is how I should live. Where God says, you are enough. And being a mom, I know I speak to a lot of moms here. Being a mom really revealed a lot of God. And I think that's what this next video is. Yes. Let's queue up and let's turn our attention to the screen and let's play this last video. Um, something I've learned about myself is that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. That I'm stronger than I thought I could ever be. That I can't do it on my own strength. If I do it on my own strength, I yell and I scream and I'm nasty. And um, if I tap into God's promises and his goodness, that I can do an okay job. I guess I'm not as cool as I really thought I was. (laughs) The older I get, the less I ever knew. I can't believe that I didn't get more done before I became a mom. I've learned a lot through about God through parenting that, you know, I've had to be patient and I know that God is patient with us, so I've had to be extremely patient with them. Unconditional love, you know, just faithful, like God is always there, just like you're there for your, your child. God is always there. He has a sense of humor. <laughs> that he is enough when I am not. And there's grace upon grace upon grace for every day, and I can extend that to my kid. It's him. It's all him. It's None of it is me. So surrendering to him has allowed me to parent better. When I cannot do 
what I think I should be able to do is surrender to him and let him do what he does best. He will equip me. He's already equipped me. How much he loves us. If he loves me as much as I love my boys, that's, that's a lot of love. I can't believe I have a Heavenly Father that loves me as much as I love my children. It's just, what's my mind? My youngest will yell out, Mommy, where are you? And I just instinctively say, I'm right here. I never left you. And God has that exact same love for us. I'm right here. I never left you. And that's something he's really shown me over like the last couple of years is that he's right there. And just like I'm right there for my girls, he's right there for me. Wow. So powerful, so true that a mom's love for her children is just a picture of how much God loves each and every one of us. So what would you say in closing? I especially love that video because the first time I saw it, I just like started bawling. Because it really, that's what really motherhood is. I know I speak to a lot of moms here. There's times when you, your child just like disrespected you. Like who in the world taught you to talk to me like that? But then they, they leave the room and in your heart, I still love that kid. Like I don't care how much that kid like yells at me. But that's the unconditional love that moms just feel for their kids. No matter how much, you know, heartache they bring to you. You still love them. And that's how God loves us. That's how God cares for us. And I love when they even said that a a mother would never forget about their child. And that's how God is. Motherhood really reminds you of who God is, what he said he is. And sometimes we can go through our lives where we just look at all of the mess that's going on. And we have to remember that that mess matters. The mess is where God meets us. Not to stay there, but to grow there. And then also the meaning of the mass. So if you're sitting here today and maybe you don't even know about God's love, but you're a mom, you've actually experienced that. You know how it's like to have a child that you could just absolutely love unconditionally. Like no matter how that child like treats you, you're still going to love them. That's exactly what God did. God, no matter how much sin we have in our lives, no matter how much guilt and shame and pride, God still chose his son to die on the cross for our sins. And it's just a, such a powerful picture of how God loves us. And so if you're here this morning, you don't know that love of God, and you've never had a moment to think about your life and your sin and how you can turn from that and repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your Savior. Today, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. So can we all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Because really, a picture of motherhood is a picture of the amazing love of God in sending his son Jesus to this earth to die on a cross for my sin and yours and how can we deny or reject that love so maybe you're here this morning you've never seen the love of God you've never experienced it and you've been running this morning we want to give you an opportunity to to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior and so while everybody has their heads bowed and their eyes closed this is a moment between you and God and we want to invite you in on a relationship with Jesus, if you've never asked him into your heart as your savior, and you say, I want to make him my savior today. I want to receive that love. I want to receive his identity. If that's you, and you were listening, whether you're man or woman, child, no matter who you are this morning, you say, God is speaking to me. Would you extend your hand? Would you lift up your hand? I want to accept him. Is that you here this morning? Is there anybody like that? I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I see that hand. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You see all these hands. Let me pray with you. And I want you to invite you to pray this prayer. You can just pray it after me. I'll pray it out loud as you pray it silently. Just pray, 
Dear God, I repent of my sin. I want to invite you into my heart. Would you fill the void that I've been trying to fill with other things? Would you come into my life and show me your love? Would you give me a brand new identity? Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you pray that prayer? Would you just lift up your hand if you prayed that prayer? We see several. Can we just give a a round of applause and encourage those who invited Jesus into their heart? We celebrate life change here at Southridge. It can happen on a Monday. It can happen on a Tuesday. But when it happens on Mother's Day, it's extra special. So we celebrate with you. We encourage you. We praise you and honor you. And we love you here at Southridge. Our church exists to see dead things come to life. And we want to experience that new and rich fullness of Jesus Christ and what the gospel can do. But we also want to pray for the women here. And so I'm going to ask my wife to pray for the women that are represented here. Let's come to God in prayer. Father God, thank you for your message today. That it has really worked in my heart first before I could even speak it today. Father, thank you for reminding us that motherhood is messy. Our lives are messy. But please don't let us forget that mess matters. Raising children matters. Loving our spouses matters. Living for you matters. And it's going to be hard. I also thank you for reminding us that the mess that we are going through right now is exactly where you want us to be. We would not stay there, but we would grow. And that there's also meaning in our mess. I pray especially right now for the women in this room. I pray for those who are carrying a heavy burden. Maybe... Today, they even drag themselves to come here because they know they don't have the title of a mom. I pray, God, that you would just wrap yourselves and wrap your love around these women who are struggling with infertility. And maybe they feel like they're not worthy or they're not worth it or they're not enough. God, remind them that they are loved, that they are enough. I also pray for those women in this room. Maybe they didn't have a good mom or a good relationship with their mom growing up. And honestly, they have no clue how to raise their children. They have no example to follow. Father, I pray that you would be that example for them. That you would use them and you would fulfill that calling in their lives. Help them to do that. I also pray for those that are probably grieving around or mourning for Mother's Day because they've lost their moms. I pray that you would help them remember the good memories that they've had with their moms. I pray that they would just cherish those memories. They would keep remembering those instead of the bad things. I also pray for the moms in this room, especially the single moms who were just struggling day in and day out. Father, I've seen that with my mom at a certain season in our lives where she was just by herself. She just felt like she, she can't do it anymore. I pray for the moms in this room that are single and they have no help. Father, I pray that you would give them the extra strength that they need. Help them to know that they are not alone and that you're with them. And I also pray for the moms in this room, maybe they have little ones, teenagers, or even adult kids, that you would continue to use them in a special way to raise their children. May we never take it for granted what you've, what responsibility you've given to us. I pray especially for today, for every woman in this room, that they would feel loved, that they would have the grace that they need. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's sing together and worship Amazing Grace.